Welcome to Backboard Banter on the board with your hosts, Matt Middleton and Kevin Rayner, where the banter's as ferocious as the greatest shooter of all time, Stefan. Get my three wherever I want to, Curry. He is a generational talent. Some people are thinking he might take over from LeBron as the face of the league right now. Like, there is a there is a three-point god in Stephen Curry, and we are witnessing history be made all the time when he's on the court. Absolutely. I, we could talk about it for hours, I think, about the kind of influence that he's had on the league, and you could argue that maybe he's had more of an impact than LeBron. But I don't know, man. LeBron's still still that number one player for me. If you look at their point averages, assist averages, rebound averages, they're pretty similar. And everyone's calling LeBron a washed up player and, and Curry the best <laughs> player in the league. So, um, yeah, we, we hold them to different standards. And uh, that's just LeBron's curse, my friend. I mean, it is the struggle. And, and at this point, you know, Wardell Stephen Curry himself can finally admit that he is the greatest shooter of all time. Out of his mouth, words from him. But, Matt... It's kind of crazy that he can be on your fantasy team, he can be doing all these crazy things, and yet your boy can still pull out the W at the end of the day. Kevin, your uh, little little uh, call there, your mystic prediction, got you the dub. You won 6-3. You pulled out the free throws just like you said you would. Somehow. Uh, I don't know how it happened. Uh, <laughs> I'm 0-2 against you, but I, I seem to dominate everybody else in the league. I don't know what it is. You seem to just have my number. Um, a team that, that doesn't have anybody's number and everybody seems to have theirs. The Montreal Canadiens, 0-3 this week, oh. let me down. You know, I thought they might get one win, but, you know, they're on that chase for Shane Wright. Uh, Arizona's intentionally tanking. Montreal's accidentally tanking, but they're doing it just <laughs> as well. So, hey, they might get there. Uh, nice thing, though, about, about the NHL, just before we kind of go into the NFL here, um, Alexander Ovechkin, man, the ageless, legendary wonder. The guy's leading the league. At 36 years old, um, in goals, he's second. He's just an ageless marvel, and I think he's definitely going to catch Gretzky's uh, goal-scoring record, which is just insanity at this point. Um, I'm loving that we're fortunate enough to live in an age where there's still some records to be broken because some of these stars, some of these legendary players are doing incredible things. And like for Ovi to be in the spotlight at 36, did you say he is at this yeah. point in time? Like. It's pretty insane, especially in a sport like hockey that's so fast-paced, that's so aggressive, for him to still be shooting lights out. And yeah, man, I hope he gets it. I, I, I want to see it. I really do. I can't lie. I really want to see him break 800 goals this season. Um, I don't know if it's going to be done because I think he's already at 21, um, which put he's already at 751 goals for the, his career, 21 this season. So you'd have to get like another 49, which would put him at 70 goals, which I think is his like career high. Um, 70 goals is I think only been done wow. once in his career and in his tenure in the leagues that whole time. So uh, it'd be pretty remarkable, but uh, maybe next year we'll see 800. <laughs> Perfect. Well, Matt, is it NFL time because? Week 14 just passed us. We got week 15 on the horizon, and that means we have, what, four weeks left until it's playoff time? Three weeks left, Kevin. 15, 16, oh, wow. 17. Um, I'm great at math. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we've got, some, we've got some wild games left, you know. Um, everything, we've got, I don't know, we've got three weeks left. Yeah, three weeks left. Um, That's what you said. Yeah, and we've got, yeah. some, we've got some wild games coming up. Kevin's throwing me off. Um, but let's let's go back to this week, man. That first game, that Thursday night game, I thought it was going to be a snoozer. Um, I thought Minnesota was definitely going to take out the Pittsburgh Steelers pretty heavily. Um, and it looked that way for the majority of the game. 29-point lead, 29 nothing, and they blew it. They Classic Minnesota fashion, um, as they've been doing all year, they let teams crawl right back into the game. Thank goodness that they have a, a generational safety talent in Harrison Smith who saves the game. Yeah. Uh, Cause man, that would have been a, a heck of a loss to lose that way. I mean, Steelers are kind of on a tear that way, but yeah, I'm always happy for you when the Vikings can pull out a W, especially when your heart is probably just like, oh my gosh, pain! Please don't do this to me, because you never want to be the end of that kind of run back, right? It's oh, no way, please, no thank Absolutely, you. but at least with me, man, in that game, Minnesota Pittsburgh, I I got winners on both sides. So I, it, wasn't, it wasn't too bad for me. Glad to see Minnesota get it because they probably needed a little bit more as they have, I think, more of a realistic shot at making the playoffs in the NFC over there. Um, but, you know, there's there's so much season left. If you think about it, a third, like 
three games is a ton of football for these teams when we only play 16, 17 games. So it, it, a lot can change. Um, you know, a lot can change in a quarter, right? Joe Burrows led those Cincinnati Bengals back on a 14-point comeback. Jamar Chase with back-to-back touchdowns. They did get outdone by Jimmy Garoppolo in OT. San Francisco's absolutely been on a tear recently, and they're creeping back in. You know, big pundits and, and media heads were calling them a, a also-ran organization. Kyle Shanahan's not the coach that we think he is. Uh, San Francisco 49ers aren't an elite organization. Well, I think uh, they're they're proving people wrong, and they're definitely back in that Super Bowl kind of conversation, at least uh, potential to make a run there. I mean, they also kind of had their, like, Eagles moments, right, where they've just kind of, like, been forgotten about, but they're around. And, you know, to beat the Bengals in that fashion, to come out with that OT victory, like, that's that's pretty exciting for fans at the end of the day. I really like that that Eagles comparison. They're very similar. They're just more of a, a spotlighted team. Um, and okay. with Jimmy G and being uh, recently in the Super Bowl um, a couple of years ago with this coach and quarterback combination, whereas the Eagles were in the Super Bowl recently, but not with this coach quarterback combination. Um, so I think that's why they get a little bit more praise. But I love the comparison there, Kevin. Absolutely love I, it. I- I try my best with my minimal football knowledge for you, Matt. <laughs> a team that was just recently in the Super Bowl last year, absolutely stomping the Raiders. Kansas City looks to get back on track again. Um, I don't know if they're absolutely all the way 100% back to the Kansas City Chiefs of old because they're on the six-game winning streak, but if you take out the 40-point uh, games with the Raiders, they're averaging like 16 points a game in the other four wins. Um not great, but that defense has been fabulous. It's been the, the number one defense in football for a month now. Um, granted, like the the Packers and Jordan Love, not Aaron Rodgers. The Raiders again, they've been they've been smoking the Raiders. I don't know, they've got Derek Carr's number. The Giants and, and uh Daniel Jones not so great. Uh, the Cowboys were a little bit banged up, and then Teddy Bridgewater and the and the Broncos. Their offense is good. It's not elite though. So they haven't played any elite, elite offenses to really kind of prove that they are that number one defense that uh, the stats say that they are over the last month. But, hey, they're hot again, man, and they're probably the scariest team in football. I mean, it's it's the Chiefs, right? And, I mean, the Raiders have had their struggles, obviously. Like, we've documented it. We've been paying attention to it in the past few weeks. But, you know, I like that you bring up, you know, all of the games that the Chiefs have played because, you know, they got to be tested, right? And, you know, if the offense is having struggles, maybe it is because the defense is that good. And, I mean, they practice against each other. That's how it works, I'm pretty sure, right? That's how football practice works <laughs> in my mind, right? The, exactly. the, the offense plays against the defense. So, like, maybe they are just that good and we haven't seen them fully turn up. But also, like if they get crushed in a game like that might be the telltale of what the chiefs are right now absolutely man uh, they've got some big games coming up especially tonight um tonight will be a, a big tester for them uh tampa bay had a big tester last week against your buffalo bills man and they looked like they were going to easily put them away um it was 24 to 3 after the first half for tampa bay but buffalo pulled the reverse uno card and 24 to 3 them in the second um, they played a completely different half, but Brady with his 700 TD pass, and that's it, man. OT Brady, pretty awesome win for the Bucks. I mean, Brady becomes what the official all times completion leader at this point. Continues to add to his trophy case, and yeah, my Bills, because you know I've accepted that terminology at this point. Like, oof, you almost had it. You tried, you know, you gave a lot of hope, but at the end of the day. Brady does what Brady does, unfortunately. Man, they're selling on this division. It's going to be tough. I do want to shout out that ball guy who got the ball for Brady, the 700 TD ball. I don't know if you've seen it. The guy runs into the end zone on the last second play to get it and scoops it up. I uh, don't want a Mike Evans situation happening again. Um, but, yeah, man, Brady Brady going to do Brady things. Uh, I would uh, – the, the Bills, though, man, I would like to see them do well. I think they're good. Yeah. But, hey – uh we'll find out where they are the rams man the rams they beat the cardinals they get back in to everybody's relevancy everybody's super bowl topic you know uh troy aikman was on the radio saying super teams don't work in the nfl then all the media pundits are like troy aikman's a hall of famer i agree with troy aikman troy aikman yeah and which yeah, i agree you know nfl teams super teams have never worked um but the the 
the Rams still haven't proven that they can work. They just beat the Cardinals on a Monday night football game, a divisional game. Yes, it was at Arizona, but again, they split the season series one and one. Matthew Stafford looked good, um, but we'll we'll see if they can you know really jump up into everybody's you know stratosphere that they they projected them into with uh, Green Bay and Tampa Bay, um, and I even think Arizona at the top of that division is probably still better than them. The Rams lost some starters and they knew that they had to play a perfect game. So it was a rallying cry moment for them. Odell Beckham Jr. Um, getting back into the NFL like the superstar that he is. Cleveland looking like fools. Um, but hey, man, I don't, I'm, I'm not going to get too excited about the Rams. It, sometimes the perfect situation, the perfect, you know, schlop all comes together for the right moment. And, you know, it, it was an important win and like it. A, a bad loss for the Cardinals in terms of like how the table started to work out but not much has really changed around the top right like it's still the past four weeks the top of the AFC and the NFC has still been the same four teams on either side and it's just you know those teams in the wild card that are like beating each other up trying to figure out if they can crawl into that or not so really interesting win but I mean yeah is it is it relevancy we'll see with the future for the Cardinals yeah Absolutely. Um, I do want to make mention of the Urban Myers news before we get into the top 10. He was let go of the Jacksonville Jaguars. I think that was a very smart, all the crazy things that have gone on with him uh, in a bar, not going on the team, just doing some, some not so great things. You're supposed to be leading an NHL franchise, a billion dollar industry. Um, that's not the way to do it, my friend. It's uh, harder to get away from things when the media is paying attention to you. You know, NBA, college, a little, little different maybe, but yeah, too much. We don't need to look into Urban Meyer and his past. Went 2-11, and 11, you know, not a, not an awful record. Could have gone 0-13, so better than <laughs> Better than 0-13, that's for sure. Uh, but we'll get into the, the top 10 here, man. Um, I got to mention Baltimore falling just outside of here. Um, San Francisco and Indy. Baltimore, I really had on that edge, but I had to drop them with this Lamar injury, um, the fact that they lost to Cleveland. I do really still like this team, and if they can get Lamar back, I can see them beating any one of my top 10. Uh, but we'll start at number 10 with Buffalo, man. They let that game slip away from them too much. Um, they they pulled it back in the second, so they, they kind of showed what they are, right? In one half, they were this team that gets absolutely run out of the building by the by the Bucks, and in the second half, they run them out of the building, and they they have that ability within them. It's that consistency that they lack, and that's why they're sitting here at number ten, um, holding on by a thread. If they could be consistent, man, I think they'd be a top three, top two team in the NFL, easy. I mean, how often is it just like, oh, they were this close, oh, they took an L this week, oh, they should have beat that team. So, I mean. They don't deserve it at this point. They need to get some big wins in the final few weeks to crawl back to some relevancy. I mean, they're alive in the wild card race, like, because they have a decent record, but at the same time, like, ugh, come on, guys, pick it up. You guys are better than the wild card. They should have been better than the wild card. <laughs> For sure. The beginning of the season, people were like, oh, the Bills are going to run away with this conference. MVP favorite, nope. Super Bowl favorite, yeah. But uh, we'll, we'll move on. We'll move on to the Tennessee Titans, man. Um, if they can get Derrick Henry back, I might be sleeping on them a little bit, but with a 20 to nothing win over the Jacksonville Jaguars, I really can't do too much with their, their rankings this week. So they're going to stick at number nine. Um, those those Los Angeles Rams, man, I know I didn't say I was going to get too excited about them. Number eight, um, they, they jumped up, a, I would say, like four or five spots in, in my head here because uh, y'all only see the top 10 spots. You don't see the, the rest of the rankings uh, in the old noggin here. Uh, but, you know, the Rams and Matthew Stafford coming in at, at eight. Um, the other LA team, the Chargers, my friend, I think that team is very, very good. They might be a little bit too young at head coach and quarterback with a first-year head coach and a second-year quarterback to really do any damage, uh, but I, I do really like this team. Um, the Cowboys, they, they beat the Washington football team like they were supposed to. Yes, they let them come back, but they got the win. They beat the Saints the week before. Um, I don't love their team, but I was never really, you know, one of those guys who had them at the at the top of the NFL. I wasn't when they were on their win streak. I was never putting them at, at the number one spot, and that, I think they're they're good at number six. What about you, Kevin? You, uh, you don't feel like Stephen A. You're not ripping against Cowboys fans, you know. You don't want to just like tear them down. But I mean, it's America's team. They're relevant. Are they going to win at the end of the day? I don't think so. Probably not. But like, no. Th- you know, they're going to be in the playoffs one they're, way or another. 
they're better than I thought they were at the beginning of the season, but they're still not a Super Bowl team like I thought they were at the beginning of the season. So we are where we are. Exactly. Um, exactly. Man. A team that could be a Super Bowl team that absolutely shocked me with a rookie quarterback in New England. Uh, New England's coming in at number five. They're on the bye, so they're going to stick there. Uh, Green Bay getting the win against uh, Aaron Rodgers' affiliate team, the Chicago Bears, the team that he owns. Um, but I feel like that's kind of nepotism. It's it's pretty easy win when Aaron Rodgers is pulling out all their good players. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, Green Bay, easy win for them. The Cardinals coming in at number three, the first time they've been out of the number one spot in weeks. Um, they lost. They lost to the Rams, who had been kind of floundering as of late. It's kind of an alarming loss for me, but again, it's a divisional loss on a Monday night spotlight game. Um, so I'm not going to take it too poorly. They are still the best team in the NFL on the road. So, hey, maybe they want to play all their playoff games on the road. Maybe they want to go into Tampa. Maybe they want to go into Green Bay. Uh, maybe that's their strategy here. Who knows? I mean, it's an interesting thought because, like, I know the conversation right now is that, like, the Chiefs through the Mahomes era have never played on the road, right? So it's, like, it's crazy when you try to figure out these, like, weird mind games you want to do when it comes to the playoffs. And in my mind, it's just, like, just win your games. Get the better record. Try to get the bye if you can, you know? That's how I would think, at least. Yeah. Only one team gets the bye. Number one seed gets the bye, and you, you definitely want that. Um, Kansas City's looking to get that. They're going to need to get a big win tonight against the LA Chargers, coming in at number two. Um, last time they were here, man, they went on a huge tumble. The curse was started with them at number two. Um, but Tom Brady broke it in back-to-back weeks, so I'm hoping the young goat and Patrick Mahomes can break it again. Um, and Tom Brady, because he broke the curse in back-to-back weeks, because they're looking strong, because they have the best record in that NFC and in the league, they're at number one. I didn't believe in them last year. He proved me wrong. I'm not going to make the same mistake twice. Tom Brady, welcome to the number one spot in my top ten. I think the first I'm time ever. Matt. I'm proud of you. I know this like hurts your heart a little bit inside. You know, it probably is the first time ever, but I'm proud of you. You know, at this point in time, Brady is maybe the MVP favorite. Like what he's doing with the team is pretty fantastic right now. Hey man, if I like to talk about sports, taking an anti-Brady perspective is kind of like one of the dumbest things you could probably do in talking <laughs> no. about sports. So as much as I like to take it because I'm pretty dumb, um, I, I do recognize sometimes when too dumb is a little bit too far. Let, let it be known, Matt is a true sports fan right here. You know, Embraces all talent regardless of whether it hurts or, you know, or not. makes his heart feel better. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So uh, next week, man, uh, games that I really want to see are Kansas City versus the L.A. Chargers. I want to watch uh, the Vegas Raiders versus the Cleveland Browns. The Cleveland Browns have a chance to get it back into that AFC North division race and the playoff race. Vegas needs it for the playoff race. I think it's going to be a dogfight. Um, New England versus Indy. Indy's pumping for that for that final wild card spot. They're pumping for maybe even the division if Tennessee can start to stumble. Uh, New England's on the longest winning streak in the NFL. Bill Belichick off a bye. It's going to be pretty nice, but Jonathan Taylor, let's see if you can run on that defense. Uh, I don't need him to because I'm off this week in fantasy. Got the bye in the first round of the playoffs. Let's go already Hey-o. in the semis. Um, Green Bay versus, versus the Ravens, man. Those Ravens need a win. They need a win. And Green Bay's looking for that buy. And again, like we said, only one team gets it. And then uh, almost a guaranteed L for, for Tom Brady because he plays the, the New Orleans Saints in the regular season. Uh, we'll see if he can break that curse. And then I like the Cincy-Denver game. I think that one's going to be a good one too. I mean, there's no teams that are going to buy this week. We got all games all the time. So, you know, there's Saturday games this week, man. Like, it's a, it's a big week in football for sure. Hefty week, man. Fantasy football playoffs are starting for everyone. Uh, it's a good time. Good time to be alive. Perfect. Well, is that it for you, my friend? Can we move on to the hardwood? Yeah, let's go for it, man. I mean, okay, so unfortunately we have to start with the craziness that is going on in the NBA. It's happening in all the leagues right now, let's be honest. Like, there are protocols dropping left and right. Um, there are 35-plus players as of right now. I mean, I, I bet you if I do a little refresh, we might hear what's going on with the Kings because the Kings might have an outbreak right now. There's two head coaches that are in protocols. It's kind of scary, man. You know, like, we haven't seen this many players this quickly, right? Like, the first six weeks of the season, we had 16 players going to protocols. We've had at least 30 in the past two weeks, right? Like, it is a wild time with Omi just kind of taking over the world right now. 
Ah, man, it is absolutely insane with the amount of COVID that is penetrating uh, the United States, Canada, all over the world, really. Um, it's nice to see that the variant isn't as uh, severe, but it's scary that it's it, that contagious. I mean, it's, it's just kind of the wildness of the world that we still live in, right? But for me, it's what worries me is the, the conversation coming out of Sacramento right now this morning. You know, they shut down practices yesterday, um, but they shut down their full facility um, they have multiple coaching staff members and apparently multiple players that have positive tests. There's apparently people with symptoms. And I'm like, didn't they just play the Wizards? Like, you know, just a little while ago, right? Like, we're kind of at this point where there's so many players that this quickly have started popping these positive tests that, like, there's got to be a ton of asymptomatic situations going on in the league that it's just certain games, this player, that player catches it, and it's just it's spreading and you know i mean ontario itself is going to 50 percent capacity right in in all the sporting events so like i don't want to say anything bad's gonna happen but like we are at a turning point right now honestly it's it's just a wild situation to live in and the world is not you know a linear a thing it's not just going to get better and better and better obviously there are going to be these ups and flows and ups and downs it gets better it gets worse it gets better it gets worse um it does look like it's going to get worse for a little bit before it gets better again uh but hopefully it's over quick uh you want to skip this man because i really don't like talking about COVID. oh don't worry i'm i'm ready to move <laughs> along i was going to flow right into zion and his foot injection because that's not an up for him my friend this guy he's going to be reevaluated in four to six weeks i know it's another negative topic for matt because he used to believe in the pelicans but at least they had that epic game winner last night against okc for you Man, I am so upset about this Zion injury situation. I'm so disheartened because I bought the Zion hype. Um, I was pretty skeptical, especially being a Canadian. I was an R.J. Barrett guy. Um, Watching Zion at Duke, though, I just really fell in love with the way that he plays basketball and how athletic he is. The fact that he came to the NBA and was just dominant from the jump. Do we have another Greg Odom situation on our hands, though? That's the question that everybody's asking us. And I think we might, man. I don't know if Zion's ever going to play a full season in the NBA. Um, And that's just the saddest statement I think I've ever said in my life. The report has been coming out that he's, what, five pounds heavier than Shaq in his prime? Like, that's, I'm pretty sure, what I've been hearing, right? And so, like... Prime Shaq, or you mean prime fat Shaq? Prime fat check in the league is what I'm saying. Oh, like, the guy is 330 something pounds right now. Like it is scary for him. He's six. He's what six five, six six is Zion. Six six. Yeah, he's not a very right. Like guy. Uh, this guy's two, knees. Like this guy's knees are going to explode, and it sucks when you have a foot injury like this because obviously he can't work out. Obviously this, but like the reports that we hear about him, you know, falling asleep in you know, reviewed, not being fully committed in practice. Like, obviously he's struggling. Like, we can't forget that this is a kid, you know? Like, I'm only 27 at this point, but, like, I'm almost not a kid anymore. I'm still a child. Like, I will never (laughs) not be a child. I've accepted that about my life, Matt. But, like, Zion is young. And for the first time in his life, he is in the spotlight. He's dealing with, I mean, maybe not the first time in his life he's in the spotlight, but, like, true NBA stardom level spotlight. And there's expectations left and right. And he is definitely at that crossroad of, you know, he could go Shaquille style and have a career that, you know, he's not fully dedicated to. Maybe he's not fully going to be healthy for it. He's going to play 60% if he's lucky of the games available to him. But the other direction, Matt, you are right. It's Greg Owen. It's just, it, he might not get to play. The, the injuries are going to affect him. Like, I worry for this kid. I worry for his knees. I worry for the future of what he can do. And it's just unfortunate at this point in time. Yeah, it's so unfortunate. And the way that you laid it out, I I really see three possibilities that way. But I don't think that he could have um, a Shaq-like mentality to his career. I don't think he could not take his career seriously and his health seriously and play 60% of the games. I think if he does that, he's headed for the Lamar Odom track. I think okay. that's yeah. exactly where he's going if he's gonna if he's gonna be nonchalant about it. He has to take a Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant approach to his body, be a LeBron James approach, because that's what he needs. He can't be anything but 
the optimal fitness or else you're right his knees are going to explode he's going to keep getting foot injuries he's going to get a like a calf injury a knee injury an achilles injury like it's always going to be these lower base extremity injuries because of the impact that he creates when he jumps so high that it, he's got to figure out the fitness portion he's got to figure out the health portion because yeah you're right this is the first time he's had nba level stardom and the first time he's had nba level money and that's great to have and you know what he probably has enough money to to be wealthy for generations if he sets it up right but he could also spend that really quickly and not be wealthy for generations and he could also be missing out on hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars potentially a billion dollars if I, he were to reach the potential he had i love that like a year or two ago the conversation was will zion skip out on signing an extension sign the one year so that he can go into free agents earlier so he can leave the pelicans and the conversation is now flipped to do the pelicans want to offer zion the extension because of his injury troubles and what the history can be like it's insane how quickly things can just flip on him like this and like i won't deny the fact that zion is a generational talent we talked about it last season the guy was dunking harder than prime shack when he can play when he is healthy he's almost unstoppable in certain parts of he's his game. already a top 10 player in the nba when he's healthy like it's 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 kind of stupid it's kind of dumb that unfortunately if he doesn't take care of himself and he and if he isn't willing to do things he can't just be shack he can't just like coast his way through the league and still be an all-time great because his body will shut down on him and it is kind of unfortunate honestly yeah absolutely i think we spent a little bit too much time on the zion thing but it's warranted because He's an all-time talent. Um, he was a top 10 player from the minute he walked onto a court as a rookie, man. Like the guy is just the things that he can do on the on the court are, are just wild and he's gotta get healthy. Please, please, not on wood. I wanna we'll, see him we'll, play. We'll quickly talk about the fact that the Jazz, the Jazz have hired Danny Ainge to be head of basketball operations. Interesting to see if that might be their solution to playoff struggles or any kind of struggles, because the Jazz wanna be relevant. The guy's a good basketball executive. I mean, he fleeced the Brooklyn Nets. Not that he really did anything with it. He did get, um, you know, Jason Tatum out of that draft when everyone was wanting him to take Markel Fultz. He traded down to get Tatum. He said that he would have taken him at number yeah. one anyways. Um, so, you know, he's a smart, smart guy. He's good basketball talent evaluator, obviously. Um, so it might be good for the Jazz. And they've got a, a rock star roster um so maybe he can figure out exactly where they need to improve in order to have that playoff success perfect thank you matt for providing your danny Ainge insight because like i mean it's the jazz i still want to see if they'll do anything in the playoffs but it's time matt we can move on to wardell stephen curry a really quick not wardell moment is since we were talking about zion i want to bring up andrew wiggins the man who assisted steph on his career breaking three I'm so happy that someone who came into the league as a generational talent, who people were touting to be maybe the face of the league, maybe be LeBron James, who faltered and dealt with certain things, to come back and find a home in Golden State, to really look happy playing basketball. I mean, obviously, how can you not be happy when you're playing with Steph Curry, the greatest shooter of all time? But, you know, Golden State, man, they're wild. And Steph Curry, unreal. Absolutely. He is the greatest three-point shooter of all time uh it's insane to think of where he could go with this record how how many fewer games he did it in how many less games he did it in how many less games or less minutes less attempts um the fact that he has taken less free throw or three-point attempts than james harden who's fourth on that list he has more makes than Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving combined who are known to be shooters. Like it is just absolutely insane to think um, how many times this guy's hit 300 point, 300 threes made in a season, how many times he's averaged five threes a game in a season. That's four, by the way. Um, it's he's nuts. He's just insane. Greatest shooter of all time. Uh, like Nick Wright said, the guy who's going to break his record is outside the NBA, maybe not even born yet. And like, I, me, and, me and Matt were talking about this, and like, you can bring up the names of Trey Young. You can bring up, you know, the names of Luka Doncic, the current, you know, shooting stars of the league. But yeah, 500 games less than Ray Allen at this point in time. 20. 
thousand less minutes like these numbers are insane and i was talking with matt about like you know we witnessed these unbreakable records happen in the league like most people don't believe that john stockton's you know assist records are going to go or steals and a lot of people are thinking about wilt and his, and his rebounding but like i think about what steph has done and and how iconic of a moment this is to have reggie and ray and steph you know all of them together in madison square garden this huge moment like you know it's it's amazing it's awesome and he we all knew that he was the greatest shooter of all time but now he can believe it himself and he's gonna go as far up the numbers as he possibly can go and i just can't wait to see you know how many years we get to see of wardell because this has been an unreal time in nba history Uh, absolutely man it's been uh one of the greatest greatest things to see um, it's crazy and kind of funny that the greatest three-point uh, shooter made all time, uh, Steph Curry, has actually the NBA career record holder for percentage as his coach and Steve Kerr, 45.4% career. That's wild, by the way. Just want to throw that out there. The fact that he did it in less attempts than Ray Allen, the fact that he has less attempts than James Harden, um, is just absolutely phenomenal to me. He's already at, like, he's going to end the season here with like what 31 3200 threes approximately right um and you say in 300 for the next four seasons five seasons oh yeah i could he, he could legitimately push to 5000 which considering the record wasn't even at 3000 is absolute insanity and, and I love the, the comment with Steve Kerr too, right? Because like you think about the perfect situation and obviously like Steve Kerr came in at the time and created, like truly created this system around Steph Curry and the way that they wanted to play. And when you have a talent like this, you know, exploit it, use it as much as you can. And without that combination, without Kerr and, and Curry coming together, I'm not going to say Steph's not going to break the record because he's going to he's going to break the record. He always was going to break the record. There's no way with this talent you don't. But this is why we're seeing it. Think if he doesn't break his hand, right? Like we were already talking about this last year at this point in time, right? Like he he is a career 40% three-point shooter except for that broken hand season. Like Steph defines the 50-40-90 club time and time again, right? Like Absolutely. greatest shooter of all time easily at this point. It not even debatable not even a question um he's just he's been insane um the impact that he's had on the game too i I think we touched on it earlier and why people think that he's going to be the face of the league over lebron um is because lebron's style of game was really invented by the michael era like the that one-on-one style lebron will take you to the hole um, and he will dunk on you. That's what his 6'9", 280-pound frame is meant to do, right? Like, that's why he's the, the player that he is uh, regarded as being. Um, but the fact that he even is, like, what, like 15th, top 15 all-time in three-pointers made? LeBron? Yeah. He's 11th. 11th. So that shows you, because he didn't start his, his career that way as a three-point shooter, but it shows you how much the league has led that way. And as the best player in the league, he saw that and went for it. That's what something that's made him great over the years is that he, he adapts his game. He changes it to, to suit the, the style of play, is that he has that ability. And that's what he's done, right? And that just shows you kids today are, are shooting threes at a ridiculous rate. Everybody's shooting threes. Everybody wants spacing. Nobody wants a seven-footer who has his back to the basket and crowds the paint. You know, power forwards need to shoot. You can't be on the floor unless you can space it. Um, he's just completely, completely evolutionized the game in a way that LeBron James never did. Um, but LeBron James has dominated the game in a way that Steph Curry never could. Um, just in terms of pure dominance. It's all it's all connection, right? Like you think about Kobe as well, and how like how he took his game off of Jordan, and 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 Jordan was the face of the league because of the things that he did, winning championships, showing up overseas, and kind of bringing the world back to basketball. And Stephen Curry changed the game. It's just a fact with the way that he played. And LeBron is a different version of that in terms of becoming the face of the league, accepting the criticism, and being that man that can take anybody to a championship so it's exciting times right we're lucky that we got to witness 
that Steph versus LeBron battle. You know, the amount of times that they've played in the finals, like, it's not going to happen again because, you know, they're both in the West and the Lakers are kind of trash at this point in time and the Warriors are amazing. But, you know, I love that the debate is happening for, for Steph now to be a part of that greatest of all time conversation. I don't know if he can be truly a top two or three greatest of all time, but I think he belongs in the top five, especially when people don't consider the early days with, you know, Bill and Will and all of them as, as relevant anymore, but he changed the game, man. He really did, and his three-point shooting will never be defined by anyone else at this point. Top five most influential players in the NBA. I don't know if he's a top five greatest player in the NBA. Top 10, you could argue, top 15 yes. for sure, um, but in terms of the influence, he's definitely top five. There have been Easily. few players to, to influence a style, to influence a generation of basketball the way that he has. Um, you've got, like, what, Wilt Chamberlain um, and the 7-2 all-athletic scoring, rebounding machines. Uh, Bill Russell and the defensive monster that he was. Um, who else you got Magic there? and Bird. Magic, yeah, Magic. With the, Bird with Bird. his shooting and Magic with his all-around game. The, the, the point gods uh, at their size, the, the true point forward, center forwards that they were. Um, Jordan as the scoring one-on-one freak that he was, um, but then you know that kind of was where the game was. That's who that's who Kobe is, and that's that's not so much who LeBron is. But LeBron does use that as part of his game. His assists, his playmaking is predicated on him breaking down players one-on-one. It's it's, it's beautiful that we can have that connection, right? Like we can see these things, and I I hope that we can have more battles. Right, I hope that we can see LeBron and Steph, even if it is those fun play-in moments that we got to see last year, right? Because like, we may have missed out on watching a Jordan in his prime, or like way back in the day, seeing some of the greats in their primes. But like, dude, we grew up in the time of LeBron, the time of Kobe, the ending of Shaq. We got to see Dwayne Wade, like Tim Duncan at the end of his career. Like, we've been very fortunate, and the fact that we've also got so many of these young kids coming in that are maybe not going to be all-time greats, but are going to be Damian Lillard, James Harden's, Kyrie Irving's, you know, Anthony Davis's. Like, it's so exciting as a basketball fan, in my opinion, right now. It, it's super exciting. And to all those old fans who say, you know, Steph Curry wouldn't have worked in the 80s and 90s because of how small he is and how unathletic he is, unathletic, quote-unquote, and um, <laughs> small, quote-unquote, uh, Five foot three Muggsy Bogues played through the eighties and nineties, guys. Um, if he could do it, Steph Curry could dominate the way that he has with the three point shot because the three point shot was available back then. He would have blitzed the league with his ball handling skills, um, which are probably in the top five all time in terms of NBA players. And then he would have just been lights out from three. I think what really put Steph on the map back in like thirteen, fourteen. Um, before like all the championships and the the crazy seasons was him being able to just look at a guy one-on-one behind the three-point line this guy thinking to himself oh we're 30 feet away from the basket no way he's pulling up him dribbling the ball around a little bit and then just being like yeah i'm gonna pull up and swishing the majority of those times what so, was that was that the year of like the creation of the baby face assassin didn't he put up yeah. like 50 in the garden or something like truly showed up on the map like exactly you know that was that was like right when I was truly I think becoming a real basketball fan as well. So like, I I'm I never want to take a player like Stephen Curry and his greatness for granted at all. And I'm glad that we get to talk about it at least. And I'm, and I can't wait to see how far he takes it because you said over under forty five hundred like earlier today, and I'm pretty confidently at the over at this point in time. Yeah, no, I think the over too, man. I I saw a guy ask thirty five hundred as the over under. And I was like, dude, you're way, way off. 3,500, he's going to hit that by two years from now, dude. Like, (laughs) that's in the bag. Let's go. (laughs) All right. Shall we move on to this rookie of the year debate? Can we talk about Evan Mobley a little bit? Can we talk about Scotty Barnes? Have we we talked about the greatness of Stephen Curry enough at this point? Yeah, I think we have, man. I think that was the biggest thing that's going on this week. I mean, besides the fact that Scotty and Evan Mobley have been neck and neck for rookie of the year honors their stats are super similar um mobley is doing a little bit better on the defensive end with the blocks the guy's been an absolute monster he might be 
Defensive Player of the Year. And this is and this is why I have to talk about Mobley right now. So Matt, there are five players in the history of the NBA that in their rookie seasons have made an All NBA team. Jordan. Nope. Oh. They are all big men. Shaq. Hakeem. Duncan Robinson, Kareem, Timmy D, and Manupol, who's the extra. They what? are all bigs. They are the only five players in history in their rookie seasons to make an all-defensive team. I'm bringing this up because Evan Mobley currently looks like he might add himself as the sixth player on that list because you're right. The blocks, the way that he has brought the Cleveland team into relevancy, like that is why I think that most of the media is putting him over Scotty right now is because of you know the fact that Cleveland is a little bit better record-wise overall as a center to come in and play the way he has with the amount of bigs with Larry Markkinen with Jared Allen like it's incredibly impressive and that's why I'm I'm excited to see the rest of this season and where it can go and I love this rookie of the year debate obviously yeah um it's absolutely insane that the three four prospects uh from this draft are the are the top two candidates right now um when it was clearly clearly Cade Cunningham and uh, Jalen Green at the draft floor everybody knew it was those two guys and then it was Mobley and then expected to be Suggs but we got Barnes out here and I'm so glad because this man this guy has some swagger i know what mobley's been doing on the defensive end i understand that he's been a revelation for that team but scotty is i think our most important player at the moment i think he's our best player i think he's the player that we need to get the ball to in crunch time because at the end of the day raptors fans will live and die with a scotty miss shot they don't they don't care if he misses it because he's a rookie we're not expecting him to to take us to the promised land this year but if we can give him that those opportunities to develop i think that's what raptors fans want to see the guy dropped a bucket on kd in the crunch time like it was nothing yes it was a little janky yeah okay it was a little awkward he got that scotty flair to it but over Kevin Durant, and and to almost hit the game winner, too. Oh, you know, you know how many Canadians stood up and were like, oh! <laughs> and then just sad because it bounced out. Like you know, I was unfortunately working, so I only had to go watch, watch the highlights. But like, Off Matt the is so right, man. Scotty, man, this kid, he's he's gonna have amazing moments. You can see his IQ is through the roof. He's so efficient because he's willing to play around the teammates, you know, that are that are on the court with him. Like, and that makes me so happy, right? Like, we we talk about Siakam and his struggles, right? And I think about how, you know, that game versus the Knicks, right? Like Barnes had 12 points, 15 rebounds, career high, but he was six for 12, right? He had two steals, two blocks. And I look at Siakam, right? 13 points, 12 rebounds. I think he had like two assists. The guy went 30 for 18. Shoot it. You know, we have moments where Siakam, like he, he bends to the team's will and he does what he's needed. Like those rebounds were really important. But at the end of the day, Scotty is doing that consistently from the outset. And I don't see his mindset changing. I see him as that guy who has the natural talent and loves the sport of basketball so much that he can just keep putting up these numbers. And regardless of who's around him, he will make it work. And that's exactly the type of young rookie talent that we want to see each and every day. He is absolutely the best rookie in Raptors franchise history is what I believe um, if you look at his seasons against Stoudemire Vince, Bosch Camby, Villanueva yeah Charlie Villanueva had a great rookie season for the Raptors, look it up um, he's right <laughs> in there already with a top 5 season um, trailing I would think only really Stoudemire, I think he's just got Vince by, by a hair here um, and it's been it's so impressive to see for a guy who we thought was going to be a little bit more raw, um, who wasn't going to average the kind of point totals that he's averaged. It's just been phenomenal to see. I'm, I'm pumped, man. He's the best rookie. He's he's young, right? And also, at the end of the day, he was raw. And we saw it at the beginning. Like His stats weren't amazing out of the gate. Like He had a couple of good games in probably the first five, ten games, especially in, in the preseason as well, but it's the consistency now, 25 plus games in, where we've we've seen him do it night in, night out. And if you pay attention to everything 
outside of just the games on the court if you pay attention to the Raptors media if you if you look at the social media content like the kid is loving being a Toronto Raptor he's loving his time right now and like he's holding us afloat Matt you mentioned earlier he's the most important Raptor right now with Cam out with OG out apparently OG is practicing today so there's hope that he might be coming back soon which I can't wait for because I want to see Scotty and OG come back together like Siakam, you know, you've been working you've been working good, you know, we had what nine players in double digits versus the Kings. Oh, Matt, the most important player that I haven't brought up yet, that you brought up last week because you were so excited about it, is my boy Utah. Twelve points, eleven rebounds. This guy shot what five for eight against the Kings. He's exactly the player that we want off the bench. He's that perfect eight nine guy who can come in and be that fifth sixth guy. You know, three out of the seventy games out of the year when you really need it. And that hustle is everything. I can't believe I forgot about Utah last week, Matt. I'm I'm ashamed of myself. Dude, that's why I had to bring him up for you. You know, Utah's been a huge part of our team this year, um, and it's just our whole vibe has just been been good. Um, Siakam has been better of late. He's been figuring it out. He's been bending more to the team will, less to his own, and it's been better for him, man. He's been dropping some some good point totals, some good rebounds, assists. Um, he and Freddie are looking good together, but it all comes back to Scotty for me and the fact that he is the the the, the baby groat. Um, we all thought it was going to be OG Ananobi, but uh, certainly he's just been instantly replaced i do hope he gets better because him and scotty i think are going to be a terror i think uh you know boston's all excited about jason tatum and, and jalen brown but i think scotty barnes and og ananobi might be the better two in the eastern conference for the next 10 years i think that combo i think that's going to be some great uh raptors celtics games but though that combo i'd take scotty and og over tatum and brown i think Amen. personally Amen. And, you know, another 2-1 week, it kind of hurts, right? Because that's almost two weeks back-to-back where we almost should have had 3-0s again, right? So, you know, sitting at 13-15, and 15, we're 11th in the East, we're crawling back, it kind of hurts, but, like... We should be 15-13. and 13. And, Matt, if we weren't injured, if we had Cam and OG this whole time, I'm just saying we could be 17-11. Like, oh, yeah, it's possible, right? Like, that's that's kind of where, like, it's a it's a bit of a dagger, right? Where you're you're sad... That we're losing games you're sad that we're missing out on players but you're also hopeful that you know the injuries that we're missing these important rotational minutes when they come back when we're all healthy like i'm, I'm looking forward to when the raptors go on a tear because i feel like at some point this season if we can get it all together and be healthy like why 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 not right why not us at this yeah point? and and we talk about it every week man but you know sixth place 16 and 14 that's well 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 within our reach um, it's quite jam-packed right there at the bottom of the East. Um, so I think we've got we've got some opportunity to climb up that ranking and, and to make a play for, for a playoff spot for sure. Um, and playoff basketball with the rookies that we've got, with Delano, with Justin, with Scotty. I think we, we're going to do well, man. And I, we didn't bring it up that the Bulls game did get postponed, so eventually that's going to have to get figured out. But So looking ahead, we got Golden State on Saturday, the Magic on Monday, and then bulls on wednesday like who knows at this point right like yeah. so you know interesting week like in my mind that could be a 2-1 week hopefully like i'm scared to face steph curry on saturday because like now that he's completed breaking the record i'm worried that he's gonna have like a 10 for a 13 three-point shooting night coming up one of these days and you know the raptors and how much we love giving up three-pointers <laughs> yeah unfortunately our defense has been a lot better of late um our offense has been off the chain um, and I think De'Aaron Fox said it best the other day when uh, we beat them. We don't have a guy who's just going to go out there and get us a bucket, but we all we have solid role players who know what they're doing, and we run it to a T. We make sure that we play with a purpose and we play to 100%. Uh, that's what makes our team great, and that's what gives us a fighting chance in all these games. I, again, GS is going to be a tough one, but Magic Bulls like could be you know one and one there. 2-0? I mean, Hopefully. we may only play two games this week as well, because who knows if the Bulls are going to be coming back healthy in time, right? Like, it's been a decent yeah, amount of days. but definitely. For for me, I just, I enjoy getting to watch the highlights of these games, because that's my life right now uh, as a skier, but 
I have a lot of hope. I do have a lot of hope for this team, and we've got some exciting weeks ahead of us. And I think Nurse really lit a fire under these boys. Real, like they had the, uh, interview, I think last week or two, where someone was asking, "Why didn't you play the starters?" And he was like, oh, "I think they were. I thought they were lazy and they had no effort." So that's why Champagne's been getting time. That's why Utah's been great coming back, right? That's why Delano Banton gets as many minutes as he does. Like, you gotta hustle, you gotta put mm-hmm. in defense, you don't get time on the Raptors. Nick runs a meritocracy, which is perfect. <laughs> he does. Um, sometimes I think he bends to Siakam a little bit too much. Um, but I think as he's as he's uh, you know, aging as a seasoned head coach now uh, in the NBA, it's his only his third season, right? Um, he's going to have a little bit more of a backbone, and he's he's showing it. It's awesome. Well, well and he also leaned into Scotty, and Scotty rewarded him for it, right? Like, he told Scotty to shoot more threes, and he's shooting 34%? 37. Who'd have thought? 37. 37. Who would have thought that on Scotty step backs, backs on pull the kid who can't shoot? Over Kevin Durant. <laughs> right? What? So, like, Nick Nurse, keep doing you, man. We love to see it. Absolutely, man. All right, you you good for some some hot takes, some mystic predictions? I'm absolutely ready, and I'll lead it out this week, Matt. This one's for you. I'm hoping Lamar can make his way back. I'm going against Green Bay. I want to see them fall, so I believe that the Ravens are going to get that W. It's going to be a tough, tough, close win. Lamar might still be hurt, but I got a lot of faith in this team. Yeah, we'll see what happens, man. Um, if Lamar is hurt, I don't know if that's a good call. Um, but Baltimore really needs the win in order to keep their their division hopes alive. So they they might be a desperate team. You might be picking the the winner there. Um, I have a strange feeling that my curse is coming back tonight, man. That the Chiefs that I messed with them, that I put them in the number two spot. So I'm picking the Chargers in the win tonight. Um, basically, when I put them at number two in my power rankings, anybody who listens to our podcast should go put thousands and thousands of dollars down against the Chiefs. Uh, that's just how it is. <laughs> and, and let's not forget that Brady is the current only one that has beaten the curse. And I always joke about Brady and his stealing of, of souls and things. And if the Chiefs were the ones that started this curse and it was part of Mahomes' soul that gets stolen, well, if, if Brady wins it, that means he's just collecting more for himself. I don't, I don't want to. I'm, I'm, I'm just saying. Sorcerer Brady. <laughs> <laughs> All right, dude. Anything else this week? Are we good? Nah, man. I'm good. I think you're good to wrap this up. Perfect. Well, thanks, everybody, for being here. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at The Board Sports. Like, subscribe, give us that thumbs up, and check out theboardsports.net for new episodes and blog posts. And we'll talk to you next time.